0: Hello. Do we need milk? Did you get the paper? I got the paper. Kenneth opened the fridge. We have half a carton of semi-skimmed. There any buttermilk? You making wheaten bread? I was going to. I don't see any. I'll get some apple pancakes for Liz. Did the marquee people call? Not yet. There's an ad I see there in the Telegraph magazine for trousers with elasticated waists. I have elasticated waist trousers.
1: They're very
0: reasonable. Judith sighed. If I want to buy elasticated trousers, I'll just go into Cunningham's and buy a last. I'm just saying these are very reasonable. They're twenty-nine ninety-nine, and they're in every color. Salmon, mauve. What are they in Cunningham's? Twice that? Three times? Why don't you order a pair for yourself? It was Kenneth's turn to sigh. That Kenneth was overweight was not in doubt. But if anyone needed elasticated trousers, it was Judith. The deadly hidden growth they knew from the x-rays was now a physical presence rising up beneath her belts, no longer hidden by cardigans. And her husband was breaking an unwritten rule by referring to it, however obliquely, first. She didn't need reminding. If she wanted to talk about it, she would talk about it. Did Les call? Judith asked, shoving the conversation on and down the line. Kenneth could hear the engine of a tractor, turning over somewhere near his wife's car. And her busy hand tapping out her impatience on the steering wheel. No. Does she expect collecting from the airport? Well, she's a grown woman. I'm sure she'll let us know. I'll be back in five minutes, said Judith. Kenneth paused and then offered, I'll leave the magazine out anyway for you to see. Judith performed the last and therefore definitive sigh of the conversation. Kenneth plugged the phone back into the charger. The beep, beep, beep went again, and he remembered why he was standing in the kitchen. He tugged the dishwasher open, feeling the ligament twinge in his elbow. No, not the dishwasher. Lifeless, smelling ruinously of yesterday's fish pie. He pushed at the fridge door to check the seal was intact, and saw out past the rockery, a beige smear on the back lawn. He raised his readers from his nose up to his forehead, and with the other hand slid the distance glasses into place. A rabbit sat in the middle of the lawn, brazen, chewing stupidly. Kenneth tapped on the window with his gold signet ring. Two coal tits fluttered off the bird feeder, lapped the tarmac and realighted. But the rabbit did not move. Chew, chew, sniff. He tapped the glass again. Sniff, glance, nothing. For a moment, the guiding best presence he'd been working with their counselor, Teresa, since September to establish the mindfulness to help steer the boat of himself through the treacherous current of this new life was utterly lost to Kenneth he was pounding the window explosively hard with the side of his fist. The rabbit jerked its gaze towards the house, but felt that, no, on consideration, it must decline. Chew, chew. The base of Kenneth's palm hurt, and yet how briefly elevating it had felt to bang one thing very hard against another. Anger, Teresa believed, comes from feeling powerless. Well, yes. Beep, beep, beep. A sudden hunch and Kenneth rounded the table quickly to depress the fat button of the microwave. The little door popped and swung out to reveal a vaguely seministic stain of hardened oatmeal on the frosted circular plate. But no, not the microwave. He sat on the edge of the sofa and waited. The room was silent. He stood up and waited and the room was silent. He walked back and stood at the kitchen window and looked out and waited. Beep, beep, beep. That sky hanging over the back hills was heavy with rain about to get falling. Sidney, his older brother, would be heading up to the cattle in an hour or so. He'd get soaked. Beep, beep, beep.